Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Angela Bishop, and for the past 30 years, I've been lucky enough to interview some of the funniest, loveliest, and zaniest celebrities around. There have been some cracker interviews, but what you see on TV is usually just a fraction of what's actually recorded. Find out what went off before the cameras went on. This is Starstruck with me, Ange Bishop. The late, great Carrie Fisher had an extraordinary life. The daughter of showbiz royalty Debbie Reynolds and Eddie Fisher, she's probably best known for bringing Princess Leia to life in the Star Wars movies. But did you know she was also in the Blues Brothers and When Harry Met Sally? And she also wrote a number of best-selling books and screenplays. In 2010, Carrie brought her wishful drinking tour to Australia. The autobiographical one-woman show sold out two nights at Sydney State Theatre and we had a chat just before it opened. Well, Carrie, what a great pleasure to catch up with you in my hometown. Welcome to Australia. I'm glad to be here. You're no stranger to our shores. You've been many times, but this is the first time you've brought a stage show with you. Why did you particularly want to bring it down to show us? Well, you guys are very good... uh... You're very good sports down here. You like a good laugh. And it's very a relaxed place to be. So I thought you might like it. <laughs> but that remains to be seen, so. What made you want to lay your life bare on stage? Well, it was bare. It was laid anyway. Not sexually, of course. <laughs> um, well, on occasion. No, it, it, you know, things about my life have come out. And... My feeling always was, well, wait a second then. If it's going to be out, then we're going to do my version. Because when other people talk about my life, like when I was in a mental hospital visiting, (laughs) they said, there's an article that said, Carrie Fisher's tragic life. No. Okay, that's not okay with me. So if it's going to be out, that's not the way I want it out. So if we're going to say I've been in mental hospitals, then I... I have my way of telling you what it was like. This will be the first time you've performed your show since you lost your father. Is it going to be particularly tough for you because he does feature? Is it going to be harder for you to do the show? Well, you know, it would have been harder if it had been, I don't know, about four years ago, I, or or more. But I started taking care of my dad in the last, uh, I don't know, Well, yeah, three years. Once we started doing the show, we opened the show in Berkeley. And we were there for months and months and months. And so I I didn't grow up around my dad uh, certainly as much as I would have liked. Well, sort of hardly at all. But as I got older, I, you know, and he was a joyous spirit. And I was really, I'm really grateful that I got to have the relationship that we ended up having. And yes, it was upsetting to lose him right when I, you know, sort of found him in a way again. But 
at least they found him. Are you going to change any parts of the show? With the bits about him, add anything <laughs> in? We, we actually, um, it's in the show, uh, I mean in the book, right, about uh, we had gotten him a stripper, right? Yeah. Is that in the book? Yeah. Well, so he just had a birthday and we got him some more strippers. <laughs> this time, he said, never again. And it was like it was the Holocaust or something. <laughs> the Holocaust of strippers. So uh, we had just been to see him. And I was his durable power of attorney. And I, you know, we had a really great relationship. It's all the pictures in the house were of me, you know, so I got to be the favorite. <laughs> uh, and, and actually in, you know, dealing with his death, uh, I had a nice time. Um, nice. Yeah, it was nice. I have two half-sisters, and so I we were all together in San Francisco, and we all together went to where he was and saw him, and it was hard, and it was, it was nice to have um, them. Your mother being Debbie Reynolds and your dad, Eddie Fisher, you were in the public eye pretty much from birth. Do you think you ever stood a chance of having a private life, even if you'd wanted to? Would it you, well, I probably could have moved to, like we were saying, I have a friend that moved to Fiji. <laughs> I probably could have, yeah. I mean, not certainly more private, but I, the thing is, I was put, my mother put me on stage when I was 13. I actually did her what was a TV special when I was 11, which was great because we got paid $286 for that. And in those days and being 11, that was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was, you know, I, I didn't ever go into show business. I was in. The trick would have been to stay out. Yeah. And I did not turn that trick. If you thought you were going to be able to fly under the radar, that ended fast when you played Princess Leia at just 19 in Star Wars. Yeah, and I really, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't want to be an actress. I had watched what show business did to both my parents, which was bring them up, celebrate them, and then at about 40 for my mom and earlier for my dad, it's over. Especially for women, it's over at 40, and my dad, you know, screwed his up by making everybody. I literally, I was taking a... Um, cooking class when I was 21 years old and there was this like Russian woman teaching me to cook and she turns to me at one point and she goes I hate your father said, yeah he's my father though uh, and it was because of what he, and, and I hate Elizabeth Taylor <laughs> love my mom so uh, anyway when I did Star Wars I did it as a goof I was 19 I didn't mean to be in show business, it, but just the film misbehaved. I think I could have gotten away with not being in show business if it had not done that. <laughs> misbehaved. I mean, as much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So then I was in. There's a strange parallel between you and your mother, Debbie Reynolds. You both starred in a pivotal movie at 19, beginning with S. You in Star Wars, she in Singing in the Rain. Pivotal films with two men. So the, you know, the, yeah. She didn't have a Wookiee. No, she didn't have a Wookiee, and that bugs her, really. <laughs> you know, she liked show business. Mm. And I like it now. I like this version of it. But I never liked looking at myself in the mirror. So you can imagine when it's that big. And I should have preferred it, because now at this age, I'm better. You know, it's like I'm comfortable on my own skin, but maybe it's because I have so much of it. <laughs> I don't know. 
that you're on every boy's wall in your gold bikini. At that point. That's, that's, that's what's bad. What I, <laughs> what I say about it if, is, is if I'd known that by donning the metal bikini when I was 23, that I had was signing an invisible contract to stay looking the exact same way <laughs> for the next 30 to 40 years. Wouldn't have done it. I don't, I don't <laughs> think I would have done it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Reality Bite is back, and we are talking all things Bachelor in Paradise. I'm Talia Pritchard from Punky. I'm Matt Whitehead from Channel 10. And we will be wrapping up everything that's happened in Bachelor in Paradise on a weekly basis for you guys. So if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. We can't wait to see you there. And only leave us nice reviews. Yeah, leave us nice reviews. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a Princess Leia wig at home? Uh... Just Not that I'm away. aware of. No, I, I actually have, I think someone gave me one and I put it on this old doll that's in mm. my bathroom. But not, you know, not really. Usually I have kids that come over and visit and they end up wanting something from Star Wars, so I'll have something that I keep around. I used to give away this stuff on Halloween. Well, you are a Pez dispenser, aren't you? And I am, and, and I'm very often I feel like a Pez dispenser <laughs> and I can't tell you how unpleasant <laughs> that is. No, uh, I'm all sorts of things that are weird. I'm sheets. I've been on sheets. Now they're making even more stuff. And there is a sex doll. They say it's a sex doll, but it's made out of cement. (laughs) And, you know, I don't really find that erotic anymore. No, but that's what they call it. You sell it online, and it's full size. Wow. Yeah, weird. (laughs) <laughs> you can't really find another word to say after wow, like how great. <laughs> no, I'm not thinking great. You're not thinking I'm how thinking, great are you? I'm thinking you are how in a unique weird. position. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you you know, the, the thing is, if my life wasn't funny, it would just be true. And that's unacceptable. So, you know, I've had a lot of things happen to me that were not funny at the time. But my the alchemy that I have been able to, over time manage is to turn that crap into gold you know if you can laugh at that if you can claim something it has far less power over you so there's certain things that by claiming them i own them and they don't own me it's like i have problems but problems don't have me and by that you mean that you talk a lot about electroconvulsive therapy your your mental illness what response do you get from other people who suffer these things? Are they do, are they grateful that yeah. someone is talking about this? They are. Well, the thing about uh, electroconvulsive therapy is, it's got the worst rap that you could possibly have. It's just, I mean, in Hollywood, is more than contributed to that. It was in the Changeling. Angelina Jolie was about to get it as a punishment, and I have found that ECT really has been. It's been great. 
and I wish I'd done it earlier, and I did not because of, you know, the reputation that it has. Mm. And uh, so, you know, you do it when everything else fails. Well, I think if I could have done it before everything else failed, that would have been cool. In the show, you open up about your mum, you open up about your ex-husband, Paul Simon, your daughter, Billy. I open up, but I don't, not in a way that made them uncomfortable. That's what like, I'm saying. I would go all... to them and say, is this okay? And because of that, I do not want to make anyone uncomfortable except myself. I really enjoy <laughs> being uncomfortable myself. So, no, I didn't, uh, I have not made anyone, you know, there's uh, my ex, uh, that Billy's father, that, that probably was a little awkward when we first started doing the show about me turning him gay. <laughs> uh, so be careful because, you know, I have that as my superpower. <laughs> And um, I never know when it's going to work. <laughs> Is your daughter contemplating in any way going in? The never! Business? It's my daughter. My daughter's 18. Uh, my daughter is, I am one of those mothers that causes her daughter to roll her eyes <laughs> at least three times a day. <laughs> and she would never, if she ever was a writer, would never write autobiographically. So she doesn't like it. And I mean, I've made sure there's nothing that... But it's her, my life is her life too. So, yeah, to, I've tried to make it as, as comfortable as possible given the situation and talk about things in my life that didn't involve her. Not that it couldn't possibly not have involved her to have a mother that's bipolar. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I would have liked it. You were only a tiny baby when your father left your mother for Elizabeth Taylor, yet it has made a big impact on your life. How old do you think you were when you first realised what had gone on and how the public viewed it? Oh, yeah. People hated my dad. It started when I was about 14. I found a scrapbook that a fan had sent my mother that covered all that information about, you know, my mother being dumped and then the pictures of the babies. And I mean, the press, <laughs> there was... Really, no way you could have liked my dad after that. But, you know, over time, it evolved into something else. I became friends with Elizabeth Taylor. In fact, I actually called her to tell him he passed. And um, and she cried. Oh. Yeah. Wow. My mother was like... <laughs> <laughs> well, not really. She, Someone caught her in an airport, and she said, uh, I feel bad for my children. How is your mother? She's great. My mother lives next door. And uh, she calls me and says, hello, dear, this is your mother, Debbie. <laughs> Which, you know, because there could be any mother, my mother Vladimir, <laughs> or something like that. My mom is, is hilarious. She treats me like, really, that I arrived from Venus 12 days ago. Like, before I left, she said, she was talking about, um, what are those things? Um, tiger bomb. Yeah. Tiger bomb patches. Look, here, Carrie, this is what you do. You rip the pack open. You take out one of the patches. Then you rip the piece of cellophane off it and you put it on the place on your body where it hurts. And then you throw away the cellophane. Right. So now if she hadn't told me that, I would never... You'd be staring at it, going, what do I yeah. do with no, this? No, my mother's... My mother... <laughs> that's the thing about, you know, it's not like... My, my life is on an emotional level, in no way dissimilar than everybody's life. I mean, every, I think every, everybody's parents, family is a, is, a, is a private language, is a secret language. But 
there's a lot of other families that I'm sure there are other people whose parents always teach them like they're 12, treat them like they're 12. And my mother also says, well, if you'd only ask me, I've been in this business 64 years, but no, never mind. Do you have a picture of Billy? Oh, never mind, that's okay. No, wait, she goes, well, I don't see my daughter that often, my granddaughter that often, but, you know, it doesn't matter, I have pictures. Bless. <laughs> yeah, I think we hear that, we all hear that. Yeah, before. right? Yeah, so absolutely. what's the difference except my... Jolie, my half-sister, said we have the same problems that everyone else, only ours happen in more square footage. <laughs> Very true. Depending. Do you love it when you get up on stage and you have that audience there? What's it like for you? It's great connection. I mean, and also I interact with the audience. I mean, they're my scene partner. I couldn't do the same show every night, you know. I, I bring the audience into it. I mean, when I, I come out, I basically go with the worst thing that's ever happened to me, which was to wake up with a friend of mine who was dead. And uh, so I come out and I just sort of say, I want to get this one out of the way. <laughs> Any questions? <laughs> and they don't believe that I mean it, you know. So in, initially I'll go, so you've all... Woken up with dead people then? Wow, that is, I didn't know. Is this like a support group? And then they'll believe it and I'll get the questions. And I, the questions are so bizarre. Sometimes. Was I naked? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I haven't been naked in, you know, like 20 years. So the and you know, did he smell... Sure. But it's kind of a, a free for all, and you know, every someone always says, "Was he stiff?" <laughs> anyway, but at the time, obviously, that was an incredibly unpleasant thing. I was actually lucky enough to interview Carrie Fisher a bunch of times, and one of the most memorable was at BAFTA, which is the British Academy of Film and Television Arts in London. And she was there with Anthony Daniels, who Star Wars fans will know as C-3PO, and we were celebrating one anniversary of Star Wars or another, and I can't quite remember which. But uh, she was in fine form. But without a doubt, the highlight for me was we were actually on holiday in London when the interview opportunity came up, and I was there with my husband-to-be, who, like most men who were teenage boys when Star Wars came out, have the image of Carrie Fisher in a gold bikini seared into their memory banks. So for Peter to meet Carrie that day was one of the most special moments ever and definitely one of the perks of my job. I also got to interview her a bunch of times closer to when we lost her. And what always struck me was she was really open. She remembered the fact that we'd spoken before, she remembered things about me, which, you know, is really unusual in terms of celebrities of the calibre of Carrie Fisher. And uh, she, she'd share things like a friend. I felt quite a special bond with her. I just think she was an extraordinary woman with an extraordinary talent. And uh, we were very lucky to have had her for as long as we did. Thanks for listening. I'm Ange Bishop and this has been Starstruck, a Studio 10 podcast for 10 speakers. Monty, where are you? Look, I'm pretty ready to leave, actually. Sorry, Stu. Where the hell have you been? I've been waiting here to record this promo with you for half an hour. I only booked the studio till four. I was cooking brisket. Uh, I may have chosen a poor time. Look... 
Hugh Rimmington and Peter Van Onselen are going to be here any minute to record the latest episode of The Professor and the Hack, which, of course, I don't need to tell you, is a frank and honest look at politics from two respected voices in the game. Of course you don't need to tell me that, nor do you need to tell me that it's available on Acast, Apple, Spotify, and any other great pod platform, and that I should probably subscribe to get all the episodes updated automatically, and rate, five stars, preferably. All right, all right, hurry up, sit down, we might be able to squeeze a minute in here before they... Are you two idiots finished yet? Come on, guys. All right, all right, sorry, Hugh, PVO, we'll get out of your way, it's Monty's fault. Would you guys like some brisket? I've got lots. Just pick your brisket up and walk outside, mate. In this time of great uncertainty, Goodit Foundation Australia is here to support you. We offer specialist perinatal psychological counselling services for expectant and new parents across Australia who are experiencing perinatal depression and anxiety. We provide up to 10 sessions for free from the comfort of your home using either a video or telephone call. For more information, please visit gidgetfoundation.org.au. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.